Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, recorded at River Road Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is brought to you by the ever-popular, always famous Herbal Nerd Society. The Herbal Nerd Society. Yeah. It's so great to have something that can support the work that we do. And, you know, I, I love getting feedback from people that are in that. And I love being able to share more information and Herbal world is just changing so fast, too. It seems like it's a race to try to keep up. It sure is. Yeah. It sure is. Happily, the Herbal Nerd Society is so cool. They don't need to worry about keeping up. Mm, no, we help them with that. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very so much you. for supporting our podcasts and the books that we write and the the website that we have. And um, Herbal Nerd Society is how that happens. Yes. Yes. Yep. So thank you. Thank you very much. And remember, if you want to join the Herbal Nurse Society, it's easy to do. Thepracticalrose.com and go to the top tab. It says join the Herbal Nurse Society. So if you're looking to you know, support uh, herbalism and herbs and getting information out to everybody, including yourself, then joining the Herbal Nurse Society is a really great way to do that. We, we appreciate your support. And please remember, we really benefit from the reviews that you write, um, not only for the books, but also for um, our podcast that helps people so that they can learn more about herbs it's so important i personally think for people to have a diversity of healing tactics and modalities to access it makes the world a better place indeed all right on with the show so many of us set off as young adults hoping to change the world we choose a path like modern medicine and then life begins offering up course correction moments to jog us onto the path of true medicine for heart and soul Today we're talking with Sajia Popham, author of Evolutionary Herbalism and founder of the School of Evolutionary Herbalism about stepping off the pavement in search of medicine in the heart of nature. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sucier Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sucier Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome, Sajia. We are so happy to have you with us today. Yes, sir. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. You're all the way in Bellingham, Washington. Is that right? Yes, hailing from the beautiful forest of the Pacific Northwest. Oh, Yay. that's great. We're we're transplants ourselves to the Pacific Northwest and we're loving it. Yep, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So you got a book. Yep. Let's start. How did how the heck did you get to the point where you were writing a book? Is that what you set off in life? When you were like eight years old and the teacher said, Oh, what do you want to do with your life? Was it I want to write a book about herbalism? <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, for me, the book was was something that um, really just kind of dawned within me over time as I, you know, began my plant path and started studying different traditions of healing and herbalism across the world. And, and all of a sudden, I found I had, you know, just a different pr- approach and perspective on things. And, and over time, it really kind of built up within me of, I think I have a book in me. And, and so definitely didn't set off on that <laughs> path for me, you know, throughout my childhood and adolescence. I was actually on the trajectory of, of modern medicine. I was really um, planning on going to medical school and, and becoming a neurosurgeon, mm. of all things. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, yeah, those course corrections came in, as you said, um, and uh, brought me ultimately to the path of herbal medicine. And I'm eternally grateful for that because I'm not so sure uh, how happy I would be uh, working in a hospital. <laughs> right. 
So is your family uh, like herbal medicine type of family or were you guys, was it, is it like a whole family culture of solidly, you know, modern medicine, doctor's offices and all of that? Yeah, no, I definitely grew up in, in a very allopathic, um, you know, approach to things for sure. Um, you know, grew up going, going to the doctors, got fed antibiotics a lot. I was really sick as a child. Um, I had chronic strep throat for a really long time and boy, I probably had dozens of rounds of antibiotics throughout my childhood. Um, so we were more allopathically oriented, but it's interesting, you know, cause my mom, she was a, a pharmacist and so she spent all of her days compounding drugs in a compounding pharmacy. And, uh, and they worked a little bit with some homeopathic remedies and she had a home homeopathic kit that she would use on us every now and then. And, um, so it's interesting, you know, kind of looking back, I'm like, Oh, you know, I talked to my mom. I'm like, you know, I kind of do a similar thing that you did, except, you know, I'm working with plants, whereas you were working with, you know, kind of the crude drugs. Uh, so it was kind yeah. of interesting. That is kind of wild. I mean, when you think about it, it's it's as if the seeds of what you're doing, what you're doing were actually in your mom and in your family and they were just finding different expressions. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what kids do. Yeah. You give them a background in something and they they kind of chew on it a little bit and spit it out and turn it into something completely different. Like, right. I thought you were listening to me. I was. Look, look what I did. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't it's different, yeah. isn't it, mom? <laughs> right. Uh, this is a mom who's got 20-year-olds now. So that's, yep, that's good. That's excellent. So, so your first book you wrote on the back of a tree, right? Pacific Northwest in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was quite the process <clears throat> writing that book. Um, it turned out that I had actually written about two books worth of material and the publishers uh, had to encourage me to start taking the ax to it and chopping it down. And uh, mm-hmm. I was really lucky to have uh, a, a dear friend and mentor of mine, Matthew Wood, actually helped me oh. in the uh, editing and refining process. And so that book really went through a lot of revisions and a lot of uh, double checking on, on everything. And I'm really happy, really happy to be done with it, but uh, (laughs) really feel, feel happy about the the way that it turned out. Because for me, the goal with evolutionary herbalism was to make a contribution to the modern herbal community and try to write something a little bit different, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of feel like I'm pretty aware of, of the herb books that are out there and uh, really feel, you know, that there isn't quite anything like this book up until now. You know, I feel like there's a lot of herb books out there that, um, you know, maybe will be kind of more recipe oriented books or kind of home remedy type books or even maybe more allopathically oriented of like, you know, use these herbs for that symptom. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was really trying to kind of take a step back and look at well, what is herb? Like, what is herbal medicine? Like, what are the traditions of herbal medicine? How has plant medicine been carried throughout time over the years throughout the world? And what are, like, what's the golden thread that weaves different herbal traditions together? Because when we study different cultures of plant medicine, whether that's in the East or the West or the North or the South, we see that there's certain similarities, that there's really universal principles at the root of those systems and that they, you know, they actually have more in common than they do 
have differences. And so for me, a big focus of evolutionary herbalism is really looking at what are the universal principles of plant medicine and how can we kind of synthesize and integrate them into a very practical model of practice that um, is able to address the physiological side of medicinal plants, right? How they work on our body and our organ systems and, you know, their chemistry and all the science that's coming out about them. And how do we integrate that with the traditional perspectives and how plants can heal beyond our bodies, right? That plants have yeah. this capacity to reach into our hearts, reach into our minds, reach into our souls and bring about this transformational level of healing. You know, I mean, I think it's really when I travel around and teach at different conferences and workshops or, you know, host our own workshops through our school, I always ask this question, you know, how many of you feel like that your life has been changed through medicinal plants? Like, you know, you were on your life path and then all of a sudden a plant stood up in the forest and called your name. And all of a sudden it turns us into this other direction and pretty much everyone always raises their hand, you know, they're like, wow, like yeah. ever since I got into herbal medicine, I feel more connected to my purpose, to my path. It's transformed my life in an incredibly positive way. And to me, the question is, well, why can't we share that level of transformation with the clients that we serve? Right. And so that's a big focus of my, my work with herbal medicine and with what I refer to as evolutionary herbalism, right? That these plants can facilitate in our soul's development and um, and that evolutionary process from a spiritual perspective, but not having that be disconnected from the physiological, scientific, biochemical aspect of the plants. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I was actually on Amazon the other day and I, I got my first one star review on the book. And oh. I thought it was really funny because I, I, so I read this review, you know, and this guy was saying, you know, well, if you want a real herb book, don't buy this book. This is just a bunch of new age BS. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't really get offended by it. It's like, it's okay. It's, I know it's not your typical herb book. I know it's not for everyone, but for me, um, I really kind of had to stand up and, you know, to me, kind of just acknowledge that, kind of defend these traditions, because to me, uh, while evolutionary herbalism can seem at the surface to be like this woo-woo, new age bullshit kind of thing, but really it's founded on these ancient traditions. It's founded upon thousands of years of cultures working with medicinal plants. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it was like, I just had to stand up for these cultures and these traditions. It's like, well, to say this is all BS is to invalidate uh, very long-standing approaches of healing that are, are quite valid and effective. Well, to be honest, I kind of think it's a piece that we need to reintegrate with allopathic medicine as well in that core teachings that you're talking about, the pieces that are the same kind of across many traditions those could also be applied to pharmaceutical medicine and modern allopathic treatments. And they would also, Absolutely. if it done that way, modern medicine done that way would help doctors to be able to much more quickly get the right treatments to the patients they're seeing 
you know, instead of saying, oh, you you have symptoms of depression. Okay. My list of antidepressants is, you know, these five. And we just always start with this one because, you know, whatever reason the clinic has decided this is the first one to start with. It's least invasive. Yeah. And you just start working your way down. But for the person who needs number five, they've spent a lot of time and gone through a lot of agony to get through one through four, just to find out that five is the one that's actually right and suited for them using some of the core yeah. understanding of energetics might help the doctor to narrow that down. Maybe there's only two or three they have to tr- try before they hit number five. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, to me, that's the one of the critical differences between the allopathic approach versus a more vitalist approach to healing, which is, uh, you know, rather than treating the disease or symptom, treat the person, right? And people have, you know, you can have three different people with the same symptom, but a different underlying cause because they have different constitutions, different temperaments, different tissue states. And, you know, even the energetic, right? You know, we can understand allopathic drugs based on their energetic profile. Are they warming? Are they cooling? Are they moistening? Are they drying? Um, and, and, but just, just by integrating that, I think modern allopathic medicine could be, uh, incredibly more effective. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, for me to clarify, you know, I'm not one of those, uh, herbalists that is like, I don't like to bash on modern medicine. I don't like to bash on allopathic medicine. It saved my life. It saved Mm -hmm. my family's life. I think modern medicine has a lot to offer. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, uh, I always like to really just, you know, really make sure to acknowledge that um, I think modern allopathic medicine absolutely has its place. Um, And I think uh, herbal medicine obviously has its place. And the more that we can kind of understand how to bring them together and have that integrative model, um, the better. Because I think, you know, whatever's going to get a person well, mm-hmm. let's yeah. go that route. Exactly. Maybe it is surgery. Maybe they do need hormone replacement therapy. Maybe they do need, you know, whatever um, kind of treatment they need. That's what they should get. Because the important thing isn't what kind of remedy or medicine we use. It's that this person needs to get the healing that they need. Yeah. 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 It's not focused on us and it's focused on the patient. I'm really glad you brought that up. You mentioned uh, before some, a bit of a divisiveness be- in the community and also um, what Candace brought up of yeah. that divisiveness between uh, allopathic medicine and herbal medicine. And yet as annoying as that is, what one of the reasons why it's there is because both fields are changing so rapidly and splintering mm. off into people's own specialties. And that's that's uh can be challenging for folks, but it's also it's vital. It's it's so important for people to explore enough that they find the piece that they feel comfortable with and the piece that really speaks to them. And I really appreciate how you've uh acknowledged that you 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 have a respect for other fields, but have a definite comfort place and you're focusing on where your comfort place is. I think that's, that's the path of a, of a healthy healer. Uh, and mm. one of the other things I, I've heard from other people that you have touched on a bit is, you know, the, that traditional medicine comes from the science of the time that that tradition was inspired. So, you know, mm. I hear a lot of folks and and you didn't really have this in your book at all say, well, it's, 
this this modern thing is is horrible and and we should do things that we were doing in the 1800s and you know the 1800s are gone we need to learn from there but yeah. also bring it forward to fit what we need yes. you know just like our kids yes. they take what we were teaching them and then they turn it into something that they need in the in the the setting that they're in you know that's very healthy and i i'm interested in your version of uh, spagyrics cuz I freely admit uh, I have a, a real stumbling block when it comes to spagyrics. That's one of those uh, modalities that is really blooming as far as people picking mm. it up. But I still I don't I don't get it. Could you help? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, so spagyrics is a branch of the Western alchemical tradition. Uh, in the overarching philosophy of alchemy, there's um, said to be three primary lineages of the uh, alchemical tradition, ultimately with the common root being in ancient Egypt. And that is, you know, the Taoist system uh, from China, the, the Vedic system from India, which is referred to as Ayurveda, and then the Western hermetic system of alchemy, all of which are focused on uh, healing in a way that is furthering our spiritual development and evolution. Now, in the Western system, the Hermetic lineage, spagyrics refers to the branch of alchemy that is focused on plants. And so the, the, the whole lineage of spagyrics really was donned through the uh, medical genius of Paracelsus, um, who's a Swiss-born physician and alchemist in the 1500s. And he basically created, uh, well, created probably isn't the right word, but more uh, saw through the pattern of nature, a specific method of herbal pharmacy that is in accordance with the underlying pattern of nature, the evolutionary cycles of the natural world. And so the word spagyric um, is a combination of two Greek words, speo and agiero, which generally is translated to to separate and to recombine. Uh, I actually have a student from Greece, and she looked into the etymology of those words and said uh, an actual more accurate translation is to separate and to reawaken. And according to the spagyric philosophy, everything in nature is composed of three fundamental principles of life, what are referred to as salt, mercury, and sulfur. And that's generally uh, seen as the body, the spirit, and the soul of every living thing. And, you know, this is in correlation with a lot of different triune patterns that we see in different, you know, medical, scientific, and spiritual cultures. You know, the three doshas of Ayurveda, the three treasures of Chinese medicine, the three modes of astrology, the holy trinity of Christianity, the proton, electron, and neutron of modern science, right? There's so it's more like a symbol? The, these... it's, a, it's a symbol, but it's also very physical, right? It's a, it has a physical expression as well. And so they say in alchemy, all things have salt, mercury, and sulfur. They have, they have body they have a physical expression, they have spirit, they have an energetic expression, they have a, a mind, they have a heart, they have a feeling, and then they have uh, this vital force, and they have sulfur, they have consciousness, they have the soul. 
And so the whole spagyric um, practice is really focused on a method of herbal pharmacy, of medicine making, that is working towards uh, separating the uh, the the salt, sulfur, and mercury out of a plant, purifying and concentrating those principles, and then recombining them back together to create what is considered a holistic form of herbal medicine. Literally, you don't throw anything away in the process. And that was something that always really bothered me. You know, I remember when I was in the herbal medicine making lab when I was going to college at Bastyr University and, you know, we would be making our tinctures and vinegars and this, that, and the other. And, you know, every time we would press out our tinctures, we'd have to like compost the herb. And it always really bothered me. I was like, ah, there's always this sense of, ah, I feel like there's still medicine in there. There's something I'm missing here. And I always felt this guilt for like composting the herbs, you know, whenever we would press it out. And, um, it wasn't until I, I learned this spagyric tradition and they said, yes, there is a, the salt principle, the body of the plant. Uh, it, 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 it expresses itself physically in the plant kingdom through the alkali mineral salts. And those alkali mineral salts are um, separated from the plant through a process called calcination, where you burn the plant down to an ash and crystallize all of the water-soluble minerals, which are then reintroduced back into the medicine. So that's one of the main aspects of what, like one small part, but one main aspect of spagyrics that makes them significantly more effective, powerful, efficient um, in comparison to standard tincturing practices. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to talk about because, as you said, spagyrics is becoming significantly more popular in the herbal community. A lot of folks are catching on to this much more refined practice of herbal pharmacy, um, but a lot of people are really misunderstanding it. A lot of people think a spagyric is just putting ash back into your tincture. Mm -hmm. um, that's not spagyrics. Right? No. Spagyrics is not just burning a plant down and sprinkling ash back into your tincture. Spagyrics is a whole cosmology. It's a whole approach and perception of the world and an understanding of the holistic human, the holistic plant and their connection to the wholeness of life itself. It's a whole system of medicine, right? In a similar way that Ayurveda is a whole life approach to how we live our lives every day in accordance with our constitution and with the pattern of nature. The same is true with the alchemical lineage and the spagyric tradition is that this is a, a system of medicine that is focused on um, extracting the whole plant, right? The, we talk about holistic herbal medicine. And, and the, to me, holistic herbal medicine is not just understanding the whole plant or even understanding the whole person, but looking at the whole plant and the whole person in their relationship to the wholeness of life and then actually having a, a physical, tangible uh, remedy that embodies that wholeness of the plant, right? And so that the, the body, the spirit, and the soul of the plant is present in the medicine so that then it will in turn act upon the body, the spirit, and the soul of the person and catalyze this transformational process of healing. So that's just kind of a quick overview of spagyrics and alchemy 
And uh, there, there's a lot to it. There's, it's a really rich tradition. Um, but that's something I always really like to mention because I think there's there's some I'm seeing some misunderstanding happening yeah. in the herbal community where people are just thinking, oh, spagyric, you just burn it down and put the ash in, and that's all there is to it. And it's like, well, there's yeah. there's a whole you know that'd be yeah. like saying Ayurveda is just about you know using herbs from India and coating yourself in sesame oil. You right. know, like there's way <laughs> more to it than that. So, I, you know, um, I, I've so been I think thinking an about education that. Meeting on I've been thinking about that, about exactly what you said, that there's this misunderstanding or misperception. And I think when you really think about, I mean, spagyrics are about taking apart then reawakening, right? So it makes sense that at this point in herbalism and in, you know, modern history, medicine, whatever, that we're, we're rediscovering spagyrics because when you look at human culture, at least Western human culture on a much larger scale, you see, for the most part, we were a lot, there were a lot of humans were generalists pre before the industrial revolution. You know, we had some specialists. Mm. It's not like we didn't have any, but for the most part, we had to be generalists to survive. You know, you had to know how to chop wood and cook supper and mend clothing and, you know, get sharpen your sword or whatever. I mean, we had, we had many skills we had to have, but with the industrial revolution and the movement of population and human beings toward more central locations and and cities and all of that, we began this real focus on specializing. And that's part of one of the areas that's been challenging in modern medicine and in every other type of career or vocation or you know every other aspect of life is that we keep getting more and more and more and more specialized and specialization is the process of taking apart. So the taking apart and separating out is a very important step, and we can't not do that. We need that part. And now I believe we are at the point where we're starting to see the need to do some recombining to make all those specialists. We need to recombine, but we don't recombine in the same way it used to be. That would be like throwing ash in tincture. No, there's more. You need to be more subtle about how you recombine. So like when I think in terms of like the herbal medicine – I would love to see doctors and nurses and modern allopathic medicine pick up and understand evolutionary herbalism within the context of allopathic medicine, you know, understand the energetics and that bigger piece so they can bring that into their practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that would offer for them in a clinic the opportunity to be much more effective and to grasp the whole person more quickly and easily, hopefully, as they're trying yeah. to you know, help that person. And I think as herbalists, part of what we need, we need to understand this, but we, are, we as herbalists have been reaching into biochemistry and clinical models of medicine and trying to draw out the parts that actually are helpful from an herbal perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're tra- learning mm-hmm. from each other more. Yeah. We're, and it's happening. You know, the I, I physically work in a clinic for a living and, mm-hmm. you know, volunteer in a clinic uh, just for snorts and giggles. And uh, both mm-hmm. Candace and I, I think, are like manifestations of that. <laughs> we we have a, a long time friendship and we both learn or I attempt to learn <laughs> a little slow on the uptake from each other and yet acknowledge each other's specialties and that's that's what's happening in herbalism right now, just as Candace said, that I have a lot of I have doctors and nurses that 
are in my classes mm -hmm. and are asking me for more. I want more information. I, it, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. This modality is yeah. working. And I, I, I'm so hungry for this for my patients. Yeah. It, my heart is sick that I'm limited to 15 minutes with a person that needs far more time. And I need mm. more. I need something else to help them in that the admin and insurance is limited the amount of time that I have. And yeah. that's not why I went to school. That's not why I became a healer. What else can I do to, to throw in there to, to help the, the people that I serve? Right. Yeah. So how, but let, can we get back just yeah, a real I mean, second to you personally, that, that is very specific where you have landed in and I don't understand how you got there. <laughs> so you're a dude yeah, in sure the I woods, going to be a neurosurgeon. <laughs> and now you're, you're writing about spagyrics and alchemy and medical astrology <laughs> and Help us out here, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. You, you all just shared some really juicy stuff. I feel like I, <laughs> oh, I want to talk about, but I'll, I'll, I'll touch on this, but there are some things you do, I you, bud. That you were just talking about that were, um, cause there are some really important points there. I'm going to touch on that really quick. So it doesn't slip my mind. And then okay. I'd like to, I'll yep. share about how I got into all this. You know, what you were just saying, I think is really, really important because, um, I think people are realizing that their sickness is not just rooted in their body. Yeah. People out there are understanding that they don't just that their health is not just being symptom free. Health is not just being disease free. Health is having an inspired, clear mind. Health is having happiness and emotional buoyancy. Health is understanding that we have a consciousness and a spirit that wants to grow and to learn and to become a better human being and that that needs to be integrated into our model of medicine and healing and you know where you're talking about modern medicine modern science it all came from alchemy right i mean yeah. modern science modern pharmacology allopathic medicine the whole approach we use in allopathic medicine was born from paracelsian philosophy whether yeah. they want to admit it or not and what we yeah. see is that over time there was this gradual desacralization of these systems that alchemy turned into chemistry, astrology turned to astronomy, herbal medicine turned into modern pharmacology. And when we stripped the meaning, the living spirit from these systems and reduced it to a mechanistic paradigm, we lost something. And I think people feel that. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the spagyric approach is that we, it is equally biochemical and spiritual. And I think it provides this really great bridge between science and herbal medicine, allopathic medicine and vitalist healing, because, you know, a spagyric extract is concentrating all of the biochemical properties of a plant, all of the energetic properties of the plant, all of the spiritual properties of a plant into a singular approach. And I think we want to move beyond that division, right? It's like sometimes you'll see herbalists on one side that are very scientifically biochemically oriented. Maybe they want to be more accepted and taken seriously by the allopathic community. And then on the other side, you get people that are, you know, maybe they, you know, work with the plant spirits or with flower essences and more the emotional, spiritual side of healing, and, but there's that split, right? It's that separation yeah. you're talking about. And so to me, the recombination is that bringing together 
And I just, I, that's the way I see the, the evolution of herbalism and medicine as a whole moving forward is like, hey, this is actually a great place of integration through the, the alchemical tradition. So yeah. anyways, I was just what you were sharing, again, just brought all these like thoughts <laughs> to, to mind. But to answer your question, for me, um, you know, my plant path really began um, through just becoming more, um, you know, I was on that trajectory to go to, to med school. And I think for me, it was, um, I, I really consider myself a spiritual seeker before an herbalist. And in my, you know, teenage years, I just became really interested in this whole concept of consciousness and spirituality and meditation and metaphysics. And that really drew me into um, more of a spiritual approach to life. And for me, those times always became when I was in the forest and in nature, there was this that livingness of the earth where I really felt this deeper connection to, to, to my own spirit, to my own consciousness. And for me, it became just very clear that that allopathic route was not the path that I wanted to take. And, and, you know, for me, and I think a lot of people experience this, that when they get interested in spirituality, uh, ultimately we want to grow, we want to evolve spiritually. Well, that ultimately we end up having to face our shit, right? Yeah. We got to look at ourselves <laughs> and say, Oh, I've got some healing to do. And so for me, it was, uh, the, the to me, spirituality and healing to me are two sides of the same leaf. Yeah. And so that was really what opened up um, my interest in, in more alternative forms of healing. And that just ultimately led me to the plants, you know, and uh, really became interested in herbal medicine and ended up attending the herbal science program at Bastyr University, which really, as the name implies, is a very scientifically oriented training on herbs. Um, but at the same time, really opened me up to these different cultures and traditions like Ayurveda, like Chinese medicine, like Greek medicine, like Unani Tib, like folk, different folk healing modalities to the more medically oriented traditions of North America, like physiomedicalism, eclecticism. And that just really opened up my eyes and my mind to um, these different approaches beyond the scientific model where yes, I can look at sesquiterpene lactones and their solubility and their pharmacokinetic pathways through the biochemical, you know, organism, but um, also looking at, um, Oh, how does this plant work on Vata, Pitta and Kapha or the elements? Um, but there was always that missing piece for me of like, ah, I just feel like there's something missing. I've got the science over here mm -hmm. and the spirit over there. And it was like, ah, how do these fit together? And uh, well, I was doing a study abroad trip in Italy, and that was where I was first introduced to alchemy. There was a, mm -hmm. a man there that taught a class on the alchemical tradition and spagyrics and medical astrology. He was an MD, an ND, a homeopath, um, an herbalist, a medical astrologer. I always kind of joke around and say he was like the universal physician. Yeah. <laughs> um, Renaissance but, um, man. In remember, Renaissance, Italy. I remember – yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just remember sitting there and I was like, this is it. This is, nice. this is what I've been looking for because mm -hmm. they're using nice. chemical terminology to yeah. denote archetypal principles of life yeah. and looking at how you can look at, for example, someone's birth chart and 
diagnose, well, obviously we don't diagnose, but assess yeah. what's going on in a person's body, confirm that through pulse and tongue evaluation, through their constitution, through their psychological, emotional, spiritual dynamics, and basically building this bridge, seeing the whole person, seeing how their physical symptom is connected to their mind, is connected to their heart, and being able to prepare an herbal remedy in accordance with those cosmological principles and administer that remedy that's not going to just heal the body or heal the mind, but it's going to hit the essential archetypal pattern within that person that is giving rise to the psychological, emotional, and physiological pattern. So that was really where I kind of got really interested in, in all of this and kind of opened up the, the the doorway that has ultimately led me down a big rabbit hole of <laughs> all, all sorts of different things. So that's just a little bit of my story about how I got into all this. Wow. that That's quite a journey you've had, my friend. Yeah. I love the fact that you think of yourself as a seeker because I think many herbalists out there begin the path of herbalism, exactly that, seeking. They're mm -hmm. seeking something. And yeah. oftentimes when we're seeking, we don't know what we're trying to find, but we know we're trying to find something, mm -hmm. you know, because yep. 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 it's it's so and intangible. And that's exactly what it was for me. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like the more I learn. we don't have words for it. Yeah. yeah. The more yeah. I learn, the dumber I get. I just yeah. think. I just found out about this and now I just realized all these other things that I don't know about. And <laughs> I, I've used the term yeah. going down the rabbit hole, when oh, yeah. especially when Candace mm -hmm. and I are doing research on a particular herb or a, a, a modality. And the, uh, the entire herbal experience for me has been a giant rabbit hole. Yeah. That is, yeah, totally. you know, and, and yeah. I'd be lucky if I was Alice flipping around. I think I'm just... I don't know, yeah. <laughs> right. like a piece of dirt. It reminds me of, uh, uh, reminds me one time I was, um, one time I was backpacking out in the national forest in the Olympic national forest here in Washington. And, uh, during that time I was really, it was kind of at the beginning phase of my interest in alchemy. And during that time I was really pondering the elements, earth, water, air, fire, and ether, which really are at the foundation of, from what I've come to see, pretty much every herbal medical system around the world um, from what I've come to understand. And, and I was really pondering these elements. And I remember I was sitting there at night and I had this fire lit and, you know, it's the Olympic national forest, right? So all the woods are really wet. So it's kind of like this small <laughs> fire and, you know, I'm looking at it and I look around and it's like, you know, it's pitch black, but there's this little fire and it's just kind of illuminating this little area around me. And as the fire grew, there's more light, there was more illumination, but it also revealed more darkness yeah. in the surrounding area. And, and I kind of, I remember that moment, I kind of had this epiphany and it's like, yeah, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know It's like yeah. our, the flame <laughs> of our consciousness grows and brightens as we become more illumined beings. We realize that we live in a vastly mysterious universe and mm -hmm. that the world of healing and, and plant medicine is um, is infinite. We're never going to know it all, mm -hmm. and uh, so I just think about that, and I think that's really exciting. And uh, and you know, this is lifetimes worth of of studies. That's like my alchemy teacher, Robert Bartlett. He always jokes around and says, "Yeah, you know, the these alchemists." They wanted to make all of these medicines that rejuvenate your body and extend your life so you have more time to study alchemy. Yeah, <laughs> right? Because that's, that's what it's about, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you yeah. have a, a 
a plant that you would say kind of symbolizes the space you are in your life right now that has been helpful in bringing healing? And, and I, I keep saying, you know, you shouldn't have your favorites, but there is a, a place in your life right now that there is a plant that you identify with that's been helpful. Yeah. Well, you know, to me, when we're, you know, I always refer to the plant path, you know, it's like, we're always walking this plant path. And there's certain times in our lives where certain remedies will stand up in the forest and call our name, you know, that they come to us during those times that we need the most. And and one remedy for me, that's always been, been there, been like that is uh, wood betony or Stachy's officinalis or Stachy's botanica. Uh, not our American betony, which is usually referred to as like the pedicularis, but this is the European wood betony. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that, that plant has always been a really, uh, profound remedy for myself personally, um, in, in a lot of different ways on the physiological level, but also on, on more of a subtle spiritual level as well. You know, one of the, one of the ways that I really, uh, appreciate that plant is is its affinity for the nervous system the way many of the bitter mints can be Mm -hmm. uh the way that it moves through the nervous system and very gently calms and sedates sympathetic excess and but also to me uh is this uh i consider it a nerving tropho restorative in that as it's worked with over time it actually can help to build and nourish and strengthen the nervous system but one of the specific indications of that plant that i personally really appreciate a lot for anyone that understands their astrology as someone with a lot of planets in pisces right sometimes <laughs> the feet don't touch the earth with pisces and, um, you know, one of the main indications for wood betony is for when the vital force is drawing up and out, like in alchemical terms, it's volatilizing. It's uh, in Ayurvedic terminology, they would call it a vata imbalance, too much air, too much ether. The, the energy mm-hmm. of someone is moving up and out. So they feel ungrounded or dizzy or confused or anxious, nervous, scattered, uh, kind of overwhelmed very easily, uh, even, you know, even kind of really far out there things, you know, Matthew Wood talks about it as a, a remedy he's used for people that have had like, you know, uh, kind of almost like traumatic spiritual experiences, alien abduction experiences, you know, kind of stuff that gets way out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the, the pattern of Wood Betany is it kind of captures that vital force that moves up and out and it draws it down and in to the solar plexus. Um, so it really nourishes that gut brain. Uh, so I use it a lot actually for people that are very ungrounded, but also people with things like food intolerance, um, gut related nervous system issues, uh, conditions where the, um, where the nervous system and the digestive system aren't coherent. The the orchestration is distuned. Um, So we use it a lot in that way and also has an astringent property. So it's really great for people with like leaky gut syndrome, food intolerance patterns, amazing healing remedy there. 
And just so for myself, you know, that plant has been really healing for me as someone, as I mentioned earlier, literally went through dozens of rounds of antibiotics throughout my childhood and has suffered from um, some dysbiosis and uh, leaky gut things and nervous system things, really being quite an ungrounded person in my 20s. Uh, that plant um, really grounded me, but not in a way that disconnected me from that spiritual connection. So to me, wood betony is this really incredible plant that kind of helps us to have that, uh, that, that up and out dynamic still remain grounded, spiritually speaking. And, um, you know, to me, it's, it reminds me of a quote from Stephen Herod Buner is one of my herbal, uh, modern herbal geniuses of our time. Uh, he says, he says, you know, we're all born into this world with a hole inside of us that only something from the natural world can fill. And when we find it, we remember who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what these plants that stand up in the forest and call our name, there's something in that remedy. There's something in the architecture, the spirit of that plant that is similar to our own spirit, to the architecture of our being, how we're put together, there's a similarity there. But there's something inside of us that that can be filled by the, that plant's unique medicinal genius. And when we find it, 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 it assists us on our journey. It helps us on our path to become healed, to become more whole, to become more connected to who we truly are. And as herbalists, I believe those are the, the the medicines that we carry inside of us. Those are our our plants, you know, the remedies that we have that really deep connection with that to me is the hallmark characteristic of a true herbalist. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up and the that um the the how you just talked about wood betony and your your um teaching from that and what you've learned is really really kind of a encapsulates what you put into that book. And we're kind of running out of time. Could you spend a second to talk about how when people buy your book, they can go onto your website and get a little extra? Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I always love to just share my teachings with as many people as possible because I believe that herbal medicine should be accessible to anyone and everyone that mm -hmm. is interested. So we, I give a lot of stuff away for free. And so to support people on their uh, work with my book, Evolutionary Herbalism, uh, what I have is a free five-week video course that goes along with it along with an uh, integration guide to help implement and integrate uh, what is learned as people go throughout reading the book, as well as a couple lost chapters. Like I said, I had to uh, X a lot of material out of the book. So there's a couple chapters, complete whole chapters I had to take out of the book. So um, in the there should be a link somewhere here where you can go click over if you get, get the book on Amazon or any other major book buyer online. You can go over to that page and just drop in your name and email and your receipt number, and that'll give you a, a five-week video course, the book companion, and the lost chapters there for free. So wow. it's just something that I like to offer people to support them and say thank you for picking mm -hmm. up a copy of my book. 
Yeah. That is amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to make more plant junkies. Yeah, this I think is, so. Yeah, think he's so. the gateway herbalist. Yeah, the gateway. <laughs> 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 well, thank you yeah. so much for being on our show and, and sharing your wisdom and teaching with us. It's, it's been a delight. Absolutely delight. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, well, they can uh, check out my work at evolutionaryherbalism.com. And we've got a blog on there with a whole bunch of free videos and content there. And we have lots of little mini courses that, that y'all can check out that are totally complimentary. And we've also we've got a YouTube channel and Instagram and Facebook and all that. If anyone wants to follow us, just search Evolutionary Herbalism and you can follow us on all those channels too. And our podcast. We have our podcast as well, The Plant Path. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, fool that I am, I haven't listened to that. I'm going to have to remedy that. I am a podcast junkie. I'm telling you what. Well, so yeah. say the name of your podcast again, please. That's called The Plant Path. The Plant Path. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. And I better get on that. All right. You just made me have to go and learn more things. See how you are, Saja. <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again for being on our show. And again, our host, Seja Popham, and he has a book on evolutionary herbalism. Uh, as he just said, he has, he has a school and a website and podcast and you name it. This, this fellow's got it. So like we'd like to say with Practical Herbalists, put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.